0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press, Media Press, Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bichard. Today I read the case State versus Davidson, 471NW2D969 Minnesota Court of Appeals from 1991. Willard Leroy Davidson Jr. was convicted of a crime in Winona, Minnesota. Anyone from Winona? I'm not from Winona, nor have I ever lived there. My mom has lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin for a number of years, and we went to the Polish Museum in Winona, and she liked it a lot. I liked it too. So Winona has something good. Unfortunately, here, in this case, there's going to be something bad about Winona. So let's Find out. The decision says, quote, around November of 1988, members of the Winona chapter of the Berrian League decided to investigate the availability of pornography, if any, in the area of Winona, Minnesota. End quote. The Berrian League still exists. I checked, I did a search, I found them on Wikipedia mentioned, and I found the website, now they're called the Minnesota Family Council. The decision says, quote, The Berean League is a Christian-based organization with attempts to educate citizens on social, moral, and political issues. Claiming to be concerned about adult bookstores in Winona, some of the members visit two stores in Winona on November 17th, the Ultimate Bookstore, which is an adult bookstore and Video Hits, which is a video rental store with adults-only section of rental movies, end quote. So what do you think? were they up to good here? I don't think so. I think they are moral crusaders in need of recorrection. This is not a good thing they did. Here they discuss what the magazines and stuff had. It says, quote, the material portrayed sexual acts including vaginal intercourse, anal intercourse, digital penetration artificial simulator artificial stimulator penetration, masturbation, cunning lingus, and ejaculation. However it is undisputed, the material did not pick any independently illegal activities, end quote. And it continues. And the material in question, quote and the material in question was sold only to consenting adults. End quote. To me that should be end of story. It should be allowed if that criteria is met. But this barriering legal however you pronounce them, Wanted to cause trouble here. It continues. During the search, police seized a videotape material, Crazy For You, from one of the booths. Based on the videotape in the 8 magazines, person by Goddess, appellant was charged with distributing obscene material in violation of Minnesota Statute 617.24 sub D2A. Crazy is with a K in the Crazy For You. Has anyone out there seen that video? I bet it's hard to find now that it was declared obscene. But it would be interesting to find out what it was like. I'm sure I would not have a problem with that. I probably wouldn't want to watch it. But it should certainly be allowed. It says they had a psychologist here talk about healthy and unhealthy interest in sex, quote. and it And the doctor deemed that particular piece of work to be a healthy interest of sex. It says, quote, The jury found appellant guilty as charged. The trial court denied appellant's motions for a judgment of acquittal notwithstanding the jury's verdict and for a new trial. Davison appeals his conviction, end quote. Good job, Davison. you got to fight this stuff. You can't let the Bererian League win, whether it's in Winona or anywhere else. Fortunately, the court had some good thoughts. What were they? Let's find out. Quote, We start with the knowledge that the United States Supreme Court has found obscene material to be outside the normal protections afforded by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Appellant argues correctly that Minnesota may give more protection to individual liberties under our state constitution than the protection given under the federal constitution. End quote. Like I have mentioned before in other podcasts, I believe obscenity should be allowed, and so did... Justice Black in the United States versus 37 photographs where he believes obscenity should be included under the First Amendment. I'm glad that Minnesota takes it to another level, even farther than our U.S. Constitution, the First Amendment, which is very good the way it is, It's glad is. I'm glad Minnesota takes it even further. Okay, they talk about an Oregon issue, an Oregon case. They say, quote, Appellant argues that Minnesota, like Oregon, should find that obscenity is not an exception to the historical guarantees of freedom of expression. End quote. I couldn't agree with them more. They also talk about a case, United States versus 12 200-foot reels of film. And they talk about the Justice Douglas, who said, quote, There's not a single, there's not the slightest evidence that the, Framers intended to put the newly created federal regime into the role of ombudsman over literature. It was to bar such suppression that we have the First Amendment. I dare say Jefferson Madison would be appalled at what the court espouses today. The First Amendment was a product of a robust, not prudish age. End quote. This is the justification I need. I was wondering how can we overcome these obscenity laws? How can we overthrow that precedent and here is justification for that this justice thinks these th- framers do not intend for obscenity to be excluded and I'm glad they feel that way the justices say the criminal statute quote the criminal statute at issue is fatally defective because it's void for vagueness They They say, since we do not, they say, quote, since we do not decide that obscenity is constitutionally protected in Minnesota, appellant cannot prevail on the overbreadth analysis. However, appellant can prevail on a void for vagueness analysis, end quote. Whatever it takes, my friends, whatever it takes. They talk about how the community standard issue is. A troublesome one they say quote as a practical matter community standard is a useless tool it's not a standard at all until after the jury has returned its verdict distributors of erotic material never know what or who a local government would select for prosecution and hardly guess at much less know with any degree of certainty before a trial with subjective community standard that this or that six or twelve person jury in this or that community will come up with end quote well put like i mentioned in another podcast with so much pornography out there, it's going to be rather arbitrary what is prosecuted, since there's no way they can even make a dent in the pool of prosecution if they we even want them to in the first place, which we don't. They also state, This is the problem with Minnesota's community standard obscenity law. Quote, Quote, This is the problem with the Minnesota's community standard obscenity law. It does not require a community first set a definable Standard if they want to keep sending out. Communities get to prosecute first and establish the standard by the after-the-fact jury verdict. In this case, as noted, the materials in question portrayed various sexual acts, including different forms of penetration, masturbation, anal and oral sex, and others. The portrayal of none of these acts was specifically named as being criminal conduct in Winona. We agree that they could have been criminal, but they were not obscene until measured against an undefined community standard that was further mothered by incorporating totally subjective terms including patently offensive and appealing to the prurient interest in sex, end quote. I agree again, again, again. They also talk more about this issue of community standard and how it's hard to t- know what would be under that or not, whether how do, how do you know And that makes it very difficult to proceed. They call it an ex post facto prosecution. Good point. I would have never thought of that. So I remember learning about ex post facto laws in government class in school way back when. So it's good that we see this part be alive. They also say, quote, only obscenity so vaguely treated. The criminal laws against homicide, theft, etc. are statewide and define what is against the law, end quote. Another good point. That's to show how different it is they're saying that obscenity laws are way more open for interpretation than these other laws. A lot of this case goes on about community standards. Again, they say, quote, Minnesota statute and Senate do not give appellant before a trial clear and meaningful description of what materials were against the law. The statute did not provide to the jury a clear description of the law that they should apply to the facts as they found them. Based on evidence presented in open court, as applied, the statute void for vagus, the appellant's conviction must be vacated. End quote. Right on. We want to vacate these proceedings. They also talk about quote, the right to privacy, quote, evidentiary rulings. And their decision is as follows. Minnesota statute 671.241 violates the Minnesota Constitution guarantee of due, progress because it, due process because it's overly vague. Appellant's conviction pursuant to section 61.241 is vacated, reversed, end quote. The concurring judge also had a good point He says, quote, well, he had many good points, but one I would like to read to you. Third, he says, quote, third, the highly charged content of Obscenity trial may encourage puritanical and majoritarian majoritarian views to prevail. Yes, right on. I guess he has another good point. He says, he talks about the community standards and he differentiates between pornography and obscenity. However, you would define the difference between the two. So I'm glad how this rules. I'm glad that this guy appealed it. I'm glad that he won. Anyone have any familiarity with this case or any similar cases, let me know. And what do you think about Winona's community standards? Otherwise, how will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties Say Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.